Welcome to Beyond the Small Talk, podcast for leaders and educators, hosted by me, Andrew Howie, and you, Alice Beveridge. On our show, we delve deeper than the surface level small talk and explore the important topics of well-being and self-care in the education sector. We understand the challenges and demands that come with being a leader or educator, and our goal is to provide you with some practical tips, strategies and resources to help you prioritise your own well-being while still excelling in your role. So join us as we discuss a variety of topics related to self-care, mental health and work-life balance with experts and educators who have first-hand experience navigating these issues. Let's take a step beyond the small talk and prioritise our own well-being so that we can be the best version of ourselves for our students and our colleagues. Well, hello and welcome to today's podcast. Andrew, how are you doing today? I am excellent, Alice. We've just this morning, our podcast with Sandra Dalton-Smith has went live. So I've been sharing that and cutting little clips together. I'm so excited because looking back at that interview, it's just brilliant. Yeah, it was so nice to have another amazing guest. And we're very busy in the background, aren't we? Organising our diaries around some very interesting people who we're hoping to have on the podcast in the next few weeks. And we've had some people suggest names. So please, if you have any names, send them on to us and we'll go on websites. We'll put in podcast requests. We'll email people. We'll harangue people. We'll try and get people to come on because, um, yeah, it's, it's always nice hearing different opinions and learning from, from others. Absolutely. But the next couple of weeks actually hold something quite exciting in store, which is one of the reasons we're struggling to schedule podcast recording times, Andrew, because where are you off to? I'm off to London, baby. That's my oh, best yeah. impression. Uh, yeah, I'm away to London uh, for the Bet Awards next week, which I am very, very excited about. Amazing. Amazing. And why are we off to the Bet Awards in London? What's been going on? Well, the Bet, Bet is a, a massive conference. It's in the Excel Centre and it's all brand new digital technologies. It's looking at how digital technologies can influence education. So it's a, a, a huge, huge event. I went when I worked in school. I went on behalf of the authority one year and it was just, it blew my mind. I actually attended the conference and my dream is to be a keynote speaker at it one day. That's what I was like. I want to speak. I want to be on one of the stages. So I'm not going to speak. That is not what I'm off to do this year. Uh, the reason we are going this year is our online digital wellbeing platform Treehouse has been selected as a finalist for the, the digital wellbeing resource of the year. So we are going along to the the, the event to, to do a bit of networking. And then on Wednesday evening, we are at the awards proper black tie event at the brewery. I was going to say, you've got yourself a tux and everything, don't you? I do. I was trying to find a tux and it's obviously got to make its way to London. I don't own a tux. And then one of my friends suggested, you might have heard of this place, Vinted. Yeah, I've got a very dangerous relationship with Vinted. <laughs> so I went on and I've got a beautiful tux that arrived. It arrived squashed into a plastic bag surrounded by a lot of sellotape. And I thought this is not going to come out looking any good. And it came out beautiful, but it's a way to the dry cleaners at the moment. Um, so yeah. I'm looking forward to getting the tux on. I still need to work out the shoes and the belt and the tie and all those other aspects of it. But yeah, well, so myself and our, our directors, Dougie and Alan, we are away down. We're going to be at the, the brewery next Wednesday night. Yeah, we're up against... Up. Oh yeah, we, we are living up. We're up against a number of different people, including the BBC, uh, Nurture UK. Uh, so we're up against some some big hitters but hopefully we can sneak in all the way from Scotland. We can get down there. We can we can 
win would be amazing. Yeah, and at the risk of like practicing, practicing the oh well done face for other people. I honestly think like see when that finalist list came out, and I was like, I'm sorry, who else is in our category? It's incredible just to be like in that same category with the likes of the BBC and Nurture and all of that. It's absolutely awesome. So it'll be amazing just to meet these people and to do a bit of uh, networking, as we say, learning from people, but also the BET event in itself is a massive event over three days. So I'm quite looking forward to going along to the arena there um, and seeing some keynotes. We arrive a little bit too late. Louis Theroux is kicking it all off. So he's delivering, but we arrive on Wednesday just after he has finished. But later on in the day, we have Mr. PICT. He'll be on the stage talking about digital technologies. So I know he's a favourite of yours. He's a, yeah, I definitely am a little bit of a TikTok stalker. He cracks me up. Um, brilliant. And and well, do you know if you can hunt him down and offer him a little podcast slot, I'm sure we could uh, we could squeeze him into our busy schedules. But you know, that's my mission. At bet, I'll try and find. There's going to be so many people on the stage and about, so I'll see who we can speak to. Maybe record an episode whilst we're down there. Get some some thoughts from from some of the the leading minds in the the digital technology world and education. Oh, that would be amazing. And for our listeners who don't know what Treehouse is, we really don't want this to be like a sales episode, guys. That's not what we're going for here. But Treehouse is actually something that we are incredibly proud of. Um, I've been involved with Treehouse from the very, very beginning. Andrew, you used Treehouse before you joined Tree of Knowledge and then have become one of our content creators for our platform. Do you think we should just tell our listeners a little bit about what it is? And specifically for those staff members looking for a little bit of a pick-me-up at this time of year, the different resources that we've got on there. Absolutely, because I'm really intrigued as to how it all started. I was not at Tree of Knowledge. I know, well, Alice, you came into my school when I was a teacher many years ago and delivered a session. And then suddenly some of these sessions, some elements appear on Treehouse. You can go in, you can access them in your own time. So how did that, that leap happen? Do you know, it was something we had been talking about as a team for ages. And actually, I think it came up at our last team day of, my goodness, we've got Treehouse. And I'm like, yeah, do you remember we put it on that strategic plan all those years ago of, oh, it'd be great to have like, it was like one of our aspirations. It'd be great to have like an online learning platform so that the stuff that me and you and our other speakers go out and do in schools is just more widely accessible because obviously there's only so many of us there's only so many days in the year and we wanted to be able to spread that message a little bit further and more more widely then this little thing came along I don't know if you've heard of it Andrew it kind of like rocked the world a little bit this little thing called COVID appeared I almost called it COVID I was like my goodness we've, we've changed the name um COVID came along and I'm not going to lie, as a, as a business, that was a scary time because when you're responsible for people's livelihoods they, and the world literally stops overnight, we kind of had a little bit of a panic. And those first couple of weeks, as obviously everything was just cancelling in diaries and we were looking down the reality of well, what does this mean for the business, I guess we had a choice, right? We had a choice where we could sit back and we could just ride it out and hope for the best. Or we could do something a bit different. We always spoke about the fact that, oh, it'd be great to do that, but we're all so busy. We're always in different places. We can never get time together to do this and that and the next thing. We're like, well, guys, if we're going to have, at the time we thought, even a few weeks, maybe a couple of months, 
where we can sit and we can brain dump and plan and create and be brave and put all of these things we've been thinking about and talking about into a resource. When are we ever going to get a better time to do it? And we took a bit of a risk. We took a bit of a sort of a financial investment at a fairly scary time in the world for businesses everywhere and out of it was born Treehouse and Treehouse is our online platform it's a well-being focused platform and when we were talking about it we're like who's it for and we're like well we know it's for schools but who's it for in schools and we're like well everyone it's for every single person that walks into your school you know we have something for three-year-olds in nursery all the way through to sixth year students in high school. But crucially, we thought it was really important that we included staff in there as well. So essentially, there's hundreds of modules on there um, or hundreds of videos, hundreds of themes. And we cover everything from well-being to how we use our phones sensibly to career planning to, oh gosh, everything in between. What are the, because you, you've now recorded content for it as well, haven't you? Yeah, I, I sort of focused on those early years, the primary ones to primary fives. But we also had the, the key modules which go from P6 to S6 about race, gender, LGBT rights and equalities, those brand new aspects, which is taking Treehouse from that initial wellbeing platform and, and sort of stretching and looking at topics that you're really passionate about and things that you believe in. It's think, a crazy act. Go on, you go. Uh, I was just thinking when you were coming up with these plans, we were probably sitting in school or sitting at home just before the COVID shutdown. I think about four weeks before I delivered an uh, a staff training and it was about Google Classroom, how two schools in the school, two classes in the school had been trialing it. The kids loved it. So over the next year, we're all going to try and use it for maybe a bit of homework. And then three weeks later, four weeks later, everyone and like teachers just flew. They just went, right, show me, show me what it is. I need to get on board with this. So it's amazing how innovation and creativity can come out of that. But what was a really difficult time? Yeah. And what do you know what I really loved about it is obviously it was born out of COVID. So we were very much thinking how do we access something like this? Because classrooms have changed, you know, like, yes, obviously at home learning meant that people were accessing education in a completely different way. And we know that the numbers of homeschooled children have increased since COVID. We know that the amount of young people who are suffering real levels of anxiety about being in the school and being in a classroom setting are increasing. I've, I've seen that anecdotally, even through children of my friends over the last couple of years, just much higher levels of like attendance anxiety. So we knew that this ability to access something online was going to be really helpful. But then we were like, but eventually everyone's going to be back in school. So how do we make sure that it's really versatile and that it can be used in lots and lots of different ways? And the way that we started to plan it and structure it was, well, we, we brand ourselves right as experts in well-being. We spend our days talking about well-being, our free time researching it, got degrees in it, masters in it. And we know that for every teacher at the front of the classroom, although they may be a subject specialist, one of the expectations on them is to be able to deliver health and well-being lessons and learning and support effectively, potentially without the knowledge or structure. So we wanted to make sure that teachers who were sort of tasked with delivering this, whether it was through PSE or whether it was through part of a project that they were doing, 
that they could come in and they could pick this up, that the stuff was there, like good quality, reliable, research-based information was there that was fun, that was engaging, that was entertaining, that was enlightening, that was educational, and that there was almost a lesson plan structure for them to follow. So the way that it works is there's basically you, you go into a module, whatever your module might be, usually starts off with a little introductory video and it's one of us being us you know it's us being a bit weird being a bit daft talking about strange things at one po point I talk about um about a pirate who blows bubbles um who, and who has to drop his anchor and it's all about mindfulness and stuff gosh I'm on there talking about a guinea pig that's scared of of swimming at one point which is one of our uh, early years workshops and actually that was based off my daughter getting knocked over by a giant wave at the beach so there's a lot of like real life stuff coming in there as well but it was designed to be accessible for the young people in front of us at various ages but it was also designed to take some of that pressure off the teacher so you watch that first video and then you can have a chat or you can have a reflect about it you know there'll be a little bit of a guided lesson plan really there for you it might have an activity there might be additional videos there might be discussion ideas and then we thought what about once we get home how do we keep these conversations going so we've even got some conversation starters in there for that and you know, the idea was just that it was simple, straightforward, but fun to use as well, because we know that people learn at their best when they're having fun. Absolutely. I watched, uh, I came along to a meeting online about Treehouse when I was a principal teacher and Alan guided us, took, took us all through Treehouse. And I just remember going back to my head teacher and I said, this resource is brilliant. You should go to the meeting this afternoon. And he said, is it brilliant? And he said, I was like, yeah, yeah, it's really good. It does this, da, 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 da. And he was like, well, I don't need to go this afternoon. Why don't we, why don't we buy it? If it's, if it's something which is going to do those things. So I was blown away to begin with. And since, since then we've added the teacher toolkits, the meta skills, the, all those different bits have added. So I feel a little bit cheeky that I'm the one going down to bet. And I know if we win, Alan and Doogie aren't getting on the stage with me. So if I'm up on that stage, what I love about this though Andrew is that like yes we were there and we created it but you've used it like you <laughs> you came along to like one of our come and explore treehouse sessions you took it back you used it in your classrooms you've seen what it can do and as I say I don't want this to be a sales pitch for our listeners at all but you know when you do something you're really proud of it and you see somebody else use it and you see somebody else rave about it like I, I would love to be in bet. Unfortunately, my diary does not allow next week. And I, I I managed a few conferences just before Christmas. So to be honest, I'm okay. I'm a little bit conferenced out. So you go and you enjoy it. And do you know whatever happens? I'm just delighted that it's out there and that people have access to it and that our young people have that resource. But I'm particularly proud of the bit for staff because, yes, we have loads of CLPL for staff. No, we've got loads of different options, but I often find well-being can be one of those tricky ones because you think, oh, what will we do that's nice for them? What will we do? Will we have some bacon rolls? You know, will we will we have some cake? Will we do a little yoga thing all together? Whereas when we focus on staff well-being, this looks at everything from how we manage our time to how we find that wee piece of magic within us to how we manage some of the more tricky elements of our well-being. So it's not the kind of soft and I mean there is the soft and fluffy lovely bits of well-being in there but it's also designed to be able to offer people the types of support that they might need at various um, elements of their career various stages of their career 
I suppose if we just take it beyond the small talk, going that idea of working in a school and, and having a resource like this, if you're a, a middle leader, if you're a leader, sometimes the discussions about when to use resources, when to bring in well-being, when to focus is really hard because through discussions I've had with people, quite often when you need these things, this is when people won't receive them well. Like putting on a video about well-being when everyone in the room is scuppered is not going to be the best time. And it's kind of related back to what Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith is talking about. If you just wait till the moments when we're all burnt out, till the moments we are exhausted, nothing's going to work at that point. So I suppose question to you, Alice, is with wellbeing resources, no matter what they are, if you're looking to, to boost staff wellbeing, keep people on the right page, keep that positivity, how and when should you be doing that? It's one of these questions that is the, the answer is all the time. You know, we we like like you've just said, we so often wait until it's too late. You know, we wait until somebody is really suffering the negative consequences of stress, or we wait until somebody's anxiety is so bad that you can't help but see it. You know, people are often quite good at masking some of these things. Whereas really if we can build into our culture time to talk you know just like time to chat and time to catch up and I think I've touched on this before like when it comes to working time agreements I know that in every school how we approach working time agreements changes slightly and there's some schools that everything is sort of scheduled down to the last minute others have a little bit more flexibility so much of that comes down to culture and relationships and psychological safety and all of that sort of thing but actually that scheduled but unagended time can be quite useful. You know, it's like you have a little bit of time to just chat to each other, to just talk to each other, that time to connect on a human level that can be three or four minutes at the beginning or the end of it. I'd probably put it at the beginning of a staff meeting, to be honest with you, or the beginning of a department meeting or at break time every Tuesday. You know, you just make it like a, a standard thing and we, we start to build that in when we start looking at using resources on top of that then it's how do we drip feed it throughout the year you know we know that there's crisis points throughout the year and telling someone who's managed struggling to I don't know manage their time oh here's a time management video go and watch that that's the wrong time and we want to be doing that sort of thing in the beginning of the year if we know that people are tired in the run-up to Christmas or actually just after Christmas and I think we touched on this in the last couple of podcasts like holidays are not always restful and um, so often we can have real levels of tiredness at particular periods of time if we know that that's likely then see a few weeks before that period of time drip something in and it's about really scheduling it in as a priority in what we're doing the same as we would a tracking and monitoring conversation you know or the same as we would an assessment around teaching and learning or or one of our other good school improvement priorities because if your people aren't in a good place if your people aren't happy and if your people aren't well rested and we had a chat off uh, just before we started recording today I was about to say off camera but it's a podcast so they can't see us um but like we had a chat just before hitting record about the fact that you know sleep and rest is just one part of well-being I always talk about the holy trinity of well-being you know and at this time of year it's January so you're like oh yeah it's food and exercise or the other two and they are Right. But if you think about the time pressures that are on people, those are the things that slip. You know, the busier you are, the harder it is to eat regularly and eat nutritiously. The more tired you are, the less likely you are to want to exercise. So it's building all of these things into culture. And if we've got a resource that can support that, 
it's with staff, it's the exact same as you would do with pupils. No, a little bit regularly has a big impact rather than a lot when it's too late. I also really like that the well, treehouse measures well-being. You can take uh, the assessments on there and you can measure well-being across the school um, because we focus on data so much. We talked about this with Stephen Bullock. We focus on data so much in terms of literacy and numeracy and targets, but we don't ever, or, or very rarely maybe, focus on the well-being. It's hard to measure. It's hard to look at. Um, and it just gives a way of showing that you prioritise it, that you care about how people that you work with are are in a good place. Now we can do that very simply. We've got a small team every so often. You'll send us a message out of three. How are you feeling? Or out of five, show me a, send me a picture of how your weekend yeah. is. We can do that. But in a large school, um, it's not, not quite as simple, but it's still as important. Yeah. And I think that's what's one of the things that actually I often forget to mention about Treehouse because the content on there is what you tend to talk about. But those other tools and resources in there in terms of, well, like you say, how do we measure well-being? I've got a master's in applied positive psychology and still when people go and how do we measure it there's that little bit of my brain goes oh, I don't know whereas actually I do know <laughs> you know I do know how we measure it and yes it's softer and yes it's often based on self-report but actually within Treehouse we've built in the Warwick Edinburgh Mental Wellbeing Scale and there's the um, Sterling Children's Wellbeing Scale in there for children and young people and this actually all existed before Treehouse. And this was one of the things that was amazing about Treehouse was we were able to combine something that we were doing anyway and we were able to automate it in a way that meant it was instantly more accessible to people. And these scales are essentially short scales. So there's um, between seven and 14 questions, depending which version of it you use. And they look at the different components of well-being. You know, they look at your levels of optimism. They look at your levels of relatedness, how much autonomy you feel like you have in your life, how connected you're feeling. And they allow you to generate a score. And um, if you're a member of staff or a leader using that, and you're using that across your school, then you can use it in lots of different ways. You know, you can get generalised um, data for your entire school. How are people doing? We can look at it by gender. We can look at it by year group. You can use it for specific targeted nurture groups where you're maybe trying to improve well-being. I've quite often seen it used with maybe your slightly trickier S2 boys or your really low confidence S2 four girls or whoever it is so it's really versatile in how you use it you can also use it for staff you know because so often our staff's well-being has such a direct impact on the experience in the classroom so if we can get that right for them and the only way we can get that right for them is if we know what's wrong you know if we know what's good then we can go cool let's keep doing more of that thing but actually when you look through those questions, it's things like how cheerful have you been feeling? How well rested have you been feeling? Um, and it really taps into different aspects of well-being. So all of a sudden you can say, OK, people are quite cheerful, but they're exhausted. No, or people are actually quite well rested, but they are, I don't know, feeling a lack of connectedness to other people. And it can be a really useful tool to inform your interventions that you would put in. And whether that's a treehouse lesson that you go through collectively as a staff, whether it's something that you give people access to, to dip in into, into individually, it's totally up to you. It's the beauty of the resource. It's so, uh, it can be used in so many different ways, but you're absolutely right. The fact that you can go in and measure how people are doing it. You can do that as often as you like. Um, gives you a real 
solid way of, of measuring data. And of course, it's all GDPR compliant and all the important stuff. In terms of measuring, we'd both taken Sandra Dalton-Smith's REST quiz, which given you and I an idea of what rest we needed. So Alice, you know that in January, I've been, well, actually the aim is for the year to be mentally flossing, to do a little bit every day to look after myself. So yesterday I went outside for the whole day and I cannot tell you how much better I am feeling today. Um, so yeah, oh, well, I'm at my start of the year, I'm continuing it. And how are you getting on? Yeah, well, do you know what? I'm actually brilliant. Um, I, I'm, I've set myself quite a hard challenge for the first three months of this year for various reasons. Um, I'm doing what is called the 75 hard challenge. And it's a well-being challenge in many ways. You know, it's, it is about getting healthier. It's about eating right. It's about exercising regularly. It's also making me read every day, which goes all the way back to my initial resolution from our first ever episode about making sure I was reading regularly. Um, but what I'm really liking about it is it is making me prioritise my well-being. Because like many people it can often slip as soon as I get busy you know or as soon as the kids need something I suddenly oh it's okay I'll just not go for a swim I'll do that instead but over the weekend um I've been able to get uh, I'm on day 15 at the moment so I've still got a, a way to go but I was also I sort of was able to tick that physical well-being rest box from our conversation um, with Sandra Dalton-Smith. But I was also able to tick the social and emotional bit because I had a little weekend away in a log cabin with four of my best friends. And we realised that we're really old and boring. Those used to be like girls' nights, whereas like there was Prosecco flowing from start to finish. And this time I would call it a retreat <laughs> rather than a party <laughs> weekend. We had some lovely, very healthy food. We mainly drank tea and water, uh, not a drop of alcohol passed my lips. Um, and we went to our beds at 10 o'clock and slept for like 10 hours. It was incredible. Beautiful. It sounds amazing. It sounds incredible. So, yeah, we, we... so I think if I did my rest scale again now, it'd be quite different from what it was before Christmas because I'm feeling good. So the first couple of podcasts this year for our, our listeners, we we have focused on well-being. We do, we do, we do focus a lot on leadership, but one of those is about leading yourself and looking after yourself. So hopefully with the rest quiz, a bit about Treehouse and how that works, that will give people a few things to take away and to think about as we make our way through January. If you are interested in Treehouse, just get in contact with Alice and I. We we can sort you out. We 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 know some people. Uh, if you want to have a wee look in, in detail at what we what we're speaking about, and hopefully, um, yeah, hopefully we'll get to bed and we'll get to to meet some some people. I'll try and get a selfie with Louis Theroux or Mister Pict. That's what I'll aim for, and we'll see how we get on with that. But hopefully, we can come back with with uh, well, maybe not an award, but but just a, a a sort of pat on the back for all the hard work Alice, you and the team have done with Treehouse. Oh, I hope you have the most incredible time and we cannot wait to see some pictures of you in your tux.